Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. It's Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Let's talk about this big entourage that David Eby has in Ottawa today. Yeah. Wow, that's a lot of cabinet ministers there with him. Six ministers. I don't remember the last time a B.C. premier took six ministers with him or her to Ottawa. I don't. Certainly John Horgan never did that because, of course, the pandemic uh, cut off travel for a few years. But I don't think Christy Clark did. I don't think Gordon Campbell did. I don't think Glenn Clark or or Mike Harcourt. I could be wrong, but certainly can't remember the last time we had six ministers yeah. uh, for two days. So they're all fanning out and meeting their, their respective counterparts. Uh, and it's interesting, five of the ministers hold economic portfolios. Yeah, so let's run down some of those, right? You got the housing minister Robbie there. Robbie housing minister, transportation minister, Rob Fleming, tourism minister, Lana Popham, jobs and economic development minister, Brenda Bailey. Attorney General Nikki Sharma, which is the lone non-economic portfolio. She's probably there on the bail reform. I would think she's talking bail reform with uh, her justice counterparts and Nathan Cullen, who's water, uh, land, and resources. So very interesting. And uh, I talked to one of them yesterday. The the big theme is infrastructure spending. So the the pressure's on not just BC. All the premiers are are saying to Ottawa, look, if you're going to expand immigration, like basically double the number of people coming in to fill some skill shortages. Yeah. You've got to supply some money for the support system people need, not the least of which is housing. Of course. So there's going to be a big ask for housing, or at least a a lot of talk about housing, not just uh, building ownership, but rentals. Uh, Transportation Minister Rob Fleming is there to talk about transit, uh, highway one improvements, which is an ongoing issue. That's a federal highway. Uh, And assume the other ministers, likewise, are going to be making uh, similar pitches. And they're hoping, I think, that uh, you'll put it against the political landscape, the federal liberals are in a world of trouble right now. Oh, they, they, they should get while the getting's good here. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, the impetus, the motivation for the feds is do not delay some of these plans. To There is a like one of the transit commitments from Ottawa, I think, was made a couple of years ago. But it's to stagger the transit money out over a period of years yeah. and to really not tap into this, this new transit fund for a couple of years. So I think the argument is let's get it done now. Yeah. And I think the Liberals obviously need to change the channel federally. They need to do something to get out from this hole they're in, uh, being buried by Pierre Poliev. And what better way to do it than old-fashioned largesse and spending cash? Money, money, money. Yeah, it's like Poliev has eaten their lunch here, especially on the housing file. So yeah. I think the, the Trudeau needs to do something. Right? I think they got to get going on some stuff. Uh, you can't delay it. Uh, they've been in sort of la-la land thinking everything's fine. But uh, politically, they're in a world of hurt. And I think the, the, the government here is going to try to take advantage of that. Yeah. Let's listen to EB here. Now, he'll make the point here that he says Ottawa needs to be aware on the housing file that the situation here in British Columbia is dire, like the housing shortage and also the housing cost. And you'll hear him argue here that we need extra help, extra attention here on this file. Here's the Premier. Have a listen. The other piece is just for the federal government to understand the depth of what we face here in British Columbia. It's not the same in other provinces. It's not the same as Saskatchewan or Manitoba or Nova Scotia. They face housing challenges, absolutely. Uh, but the profound issue of what we face here in British Columbia with a massively rising population. I think he's got a point. Oh, for sure. I mean, BC's population is has exploded 
Um, Saskatchewan's has not. You know, we're getting a huge share of that immigration number. Um, you know, just uh, I remember beginning of the pandemic, <clears throat> charting BC's population and doing our COVID rates versus other jurisdictions. And the comparison was always to Washington State. I remember for the longest time we were at 5.1 million people. And then seemingly overnight, we're suddenly at 5.4 million people. 300,000 in two years increase. So it's about a half million people increase in almost five years. Other provinces have not experienced that type of population growth. And that puts enormous pressure on the housing situation, just to name one. So 95% of the people who move to BC go to three areas, Metro Vancouver, Kelowna, and the capital region. Yeah. Kelowna, Okanagan, and the capital region. That's where you know 95% of the, of the immigration numbers move. And we're not just talking foreign immigration, but there's also you know provincial migration as well. And that just means that many more people are looking for housing. And so, yeah, I think BC does have a point that our population requirements are different than others. And you do not hear from EB, though, saying that Ottawa should reduce immigration nope. numbers. He's basically saying, okay, fine, we need immigrants, but we need, we need police. We, they need places to live. Like, yeah. we need money. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's a, a problem like which we haven't seen in a yep. long time. This type of uh, population swelling puts enormous pressure on already beleaguered and red-hot housing market. There's already a rental crisis, yeah. you could argue, before the decision was made to uh, deal with the worker shortage, skill shortage by increasing immigration. Housing continues to be a red-hot file here. We talk about it a lot here. And in Vancouver now, we've seen Vancouver City Council approve this so-called multiplex zoning. So in single-family neighborhoods, you could build four, six, maybe yeah. even up to eight homes in one single-family lot. Do you think that's the the way to go? I don't see. I think it's inevitable. I mean, I live in the neighborhood of Fairfield in Victoria, which is this very famous old neighborhood sure, filled beautiful. with single family homes. Yeah. And even talking to the neighbors, those days are numbered. I mean, there are going to be people putting two or three properties, two or three homes on their properties because that's just inevitable. The, the market demand is so high, particularly for rentals. I don't think uh, city councils have any choice. And it's going to be interesting. EB signaled that the government, we're going to see some housing legislation this fall. The House sits next week. Yes. We're going to get at least two bills related to housing. One's on zoning and one is on Airbnb. And I think you're going to see curbing Airbnb um, uh, usage within cities. Ooh, how, how heavy will they bring that hammer yeah, down? Well, Robbie Kalon signaled he is bringing something in on this thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. We'll, be see, we'll see how heavy that is. And then the, the zoning changes. And now you heard him announce at UBCM last week $61 million to municipalities to deal with their complaint, which is a valid one, I think. A lot of these municipalities are being asked to really throw the zoning things up in the air and start again takes a lot of work to do that. And these, a lot of these municipalities don't have big staffs to redraw zoning plans on a mass basis. You know, it's just these are relatively small staff communities in many cases. And they and so $61 million is there to sensibly hire more people to assist in this. But it, this goes back, you know, I've talked about this before, the worker shortage, yes. the labor shortage and skill shortage isn't confined to drafting departments and zoning departments. It's in B.C. ferries. It's in healthcare, It's in construction. And it's in municipalities when it comes to zoning. So $61 million, we'll see if there's enough people out there to be hired. Let's talk about fallen police officer Rick O'Brien. This is so, so tragic. This officer uh, fatally shot on Friday while executing a search warrant in Coquitlam. And I know you covered the memorial service, uh, very moving at the B.C. legislature on the weekend. Let's listen to a little bit of that here. You're going to hear the deputy RCMP commissioner, Dwayne McDonald, here, and also... 
Deputy Chief Fiona Wilson, BC Association Chiefs of Police. Have a listen. Today, as you know, is particularly difficult. Heartbreaking. Constable Rick O'Brien. Murdered. Senselessly. We're like a family. We're brothers and sisters. And when uh, we lose one of our members, it's like losing a member of a family. Jenna Benton covered that along with Kylie Stanton. Um, yeah, it was a very moving, poignant ceremony began because of, largely because of the recent death of, of Constable O'Brien. Hundreds of police officers were there, many of them from Metro Vancouver, many from Surrey, Burnaby, Abbotsford, West Van, all sorts of uh, detachments were represented there. Also, a big turnout by the public. I mean, I've, I've covered these before, and they're relatively smaller affairs, but there were, you know, Hundred or so residents lined up on the library back steps to watch this. Yeah. Hundreds of officers in dress uniform, um, bagpipe band, very. And again, Rick Constable O'Brien's name will be added to the police memorial in the Garden of Honor, which is just in the rear grounds of the BC Legislature. His name will be the one hundred thirty-third name added to that. That goes back wow. to eighteen fifty-nine. Um, back to the original Frontier Police, Northwest Police, BC Provincial Police, RCMP as the most names there. Um, and again, one of, talking to some of the police chiefs yesterday, they tell me that in, in the last year, 11 police officers have been killed in the line of duty across Canada, which they say is a record, which is really either telling or very unfortunate that this, this seems to be this reckless disregard for law enforcement officers' life. I mean, 11 killed in the line of duty, which is kind of breathtaking. And, of course, we had Shaylin Yang last, last year in, in B.C. Yeah, almost a year. So that was a year, two weeks from now, would have been yep. a year to the day. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I asked. <laughs> okay. Uh, on the housing file, you know, we talked earlier about the multiplex issue in Vancouver, right? Mm. Is, phone me on that, please. Let me know how you'd feel about this. If you live in one of these neighborhoods, let's say your neighbor said, okay, I'm tearing our house down next door. We're putting up a sixplex. Can you phone me and tell me if it's you'd be cool in with my that? Neighborhood. Sure, it's happening. It's going to happen more often, and, too, right? And, you know, one of the things, you know, associated, for example, parking. Right. Parking is going to be in some of the other issues that flow from putting multi uh, units on a place. So, parking and sewage and those types of issues are ones that may trigger some controversy yeah. on the street. But right now, for example, we're I know we're probably looking at a six, four to six units coming in just a couple houses down the block uh, on a double lot. Right. And don't detect a lot of local opposition to it yet. Interesting. We'll see. 604-280-9898 is the number to call. Star 9898, toll free on your cell. Louise in Campbell River. Hi, Louise. Go ahead. Hi, I just wanted to say a few things. First of all, where I live in Campbell River, just up the road from us, there was a whole um, complex uh, being put in. They weren't even able to move into their homes for almost a year because they didn't have enough water. That wasn't in place. And now they're putting even more there. Um, Our taxes in Campbell River have gone like we're retired people. It's gone out of this, it's gone through the roof crazy. It's not only housing that's gone through the roof, too. It's like food. A can of soup used to be 77 cents. It's now three fifty. How are people <laughs> affording these things? We bought our house 10 years ago, and it was in the 200000s. It's now in the 700000 I yep. mean, things are just exploding, and I can't. Please tell me it's going to get better. <laughs> Thanks for the call. 
Well, I'm not sure housing is going to get better. I mean, it's going to take a while to, to, that's a tough nut to crack. Even most analysts say we're talking 10 years, you know, to really have a real dent in some of the situation. Cost of living, you know, the good news is inflation is starting to go down, but it still it goes down. The new high is still a lot higher than it was a, a few years ago. So the price of food, you know, it's interesting. We haven't heard much talk from the feds again about this threat to raise taxes or something yeah. on the on the food companies, but um, I don't think they will. But uh, the only you just cross your fingers there and hope that inflation continues to go down, but it's not down to zero. Yeah, and, and as for um, issues around housing, you know, you often hear, I, I had Pierre Polyev on the show last week, the federal conservative leader, and he makes it sound like, oh, this is a simple fix. You no, put, me, put me in charge. Not. And he like he makes it sound like, it's a supply issue. So what I will do is I will massively, I'll force the municipalities to, to build more housing. Okay, well, well, that's fine. But where is the guarantee that any of that is going to be affordable? Because well, the other side of that coin is kind of what Eby's talking about, which appears to be a suggestion of way more government involvement in housing. Public's, it public is housing. not an easy fix. And also you say build mass housing. Again, it goes back to the worker situation. Yeah. Where are the people to build all these homes? I mean, there's a construction problem on a lot of projects right now, right across North America in terms of getting skilled workforce there. I did a piece five or six years ago with the BC Construction Association pointed out their big drain was on um, foremen, the site managers, who were already years of experience, and they were retiring en masse. So there's a there's a problem in the construction industry just like there is in other industries right. in terms of worker. So it's not an easy thing to say we're going to build a massive amount of housing in a very short period of time. That's not going to happen. Let's go to Ray in Abbotsford. Hi, Ray. Go ahead. Good morning. Great show. Great show, guys. Um, I live right here at uh, in in Abbotsford at uh, Old Jail McMillan. Major. There's three schools are right here, and there is a uh, monster house, seven eight hundred square feet on the corner now, um, and there's going to be three families living in there. Right up around here, within within a hundred uh, meters of mine, is that uh, they're they're they built another one. It's going to be a smaller one. It's seventy four hundred with three floors. Then around the corner from there is going to be, uh, it's going to be uh, it's uh, seventy three hundred square feet. Now these are like Where single family single party? family homes. Well, they're these not are single families. No, they're having that's three floors there, and they're okay. Having, so. Th- so they're like condos, like stratas. Nope one oh. one house one, one house. house. Okay, okay. So what what is your concern? My concern is where's the parking going to go? Uh-huh. And yeah. we we can't. There's everybody is anyways. And the other thing too is where's all the sewage and mm-hmm. the yeah. and the water supply and where's that all coming from? You can't be building seven eight hundred square foot homes, seventy four hundred square foot homes, seventy three hundred, all within a walking distance. Well, that's thank you for the call. Part of what I bet David Eby brings up in conversation with the feds is when we talk about infrastructure, it does include things like sewage. Yeah. Now that's a municipal thing. I mean, municipalities yeah. are responsible for sewage, but if you're requiring municipalities to build a heck of a lot more housing. Yeah. Are some another level of government going to be there to assist them in in uh, dealing with their sewage issues? I mean, the the atmospheric river, for example, uh, brought home to a lot of municipalities the the inadequacy of some of their infrastructure systems that were built in the 1950s. So much sewage pipe was laid in the 50s when population was a fraction of what it is today. 
So, yeah, no, the caller's right. I mean, there are, and we talked about this before the calls, uh, build housing, but then there's things associated with it, not the least of which is parking, sewage, yeah. and water supply. Yeah, it's interesting our caller in Abbotsford talked about no water for this new housing development. 